Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Jacksonville Jaguar Head Coach Auditions, it's the 4th in Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you doing? How are your playoff teams doing? Well, uh, the COVID hit us hard. So did uh, the ruptured Achilles tendon of James Robinson. So things did not go great. We still have two teams in the running for first place. Got a couple teams playing consolation games for third and fourth, but ah, so close. COVID's really killing me. How about you? How are your teams doing? Um, I only had one left going into this weekend. and That sounds ominous, the way you're phrasing this. <laughs> it actually, the team was, um, it, it did manage to survive. And quick story, you know how much I love having kickers on the roster. I had, oh, yeah. this is a dynasty league, <laughs> and I had uh, Harrison Butker on my uh, team mm-hmm. who was uh, on the COVID list. So I had to debate, do I cut him? and pick up another kicker, or do I shock, shock, horror, horror, pick up a second kicker for my roster, or do I just (laughs) leave him in there, pick up somebody else who I thought would be more worthwhile, and then just, you know, take the zero from the kicker position, and then I just decided, well, if I was going to go down, I was going to go down swinging, so I picked up Greg Zerline, and I actually, he scored eight points, for me on the virtue of his eight uh, extra points. I would have liked maybe a couple of those had been field goals, but still you can't complain nice. too much anytime your kicker gives you eight points on the, you know, eight touchdown PATs. So anyway, and I ended up winning my matchup by exactly eight points. So, uh, Oh my Greg gosh, Zerline, really? Greg Zerline <laughs> was the difference between me being in some kind of coin flip situation or tiebreaker yeah for who knows and uh, advancing on to the finals. So I have your Cowboys and uh, specifically Greg Zerline to thank for that. Legatron, fresh off the COVID. He's well rested. So do you think this will soften your stance on kickers moving forward or Absolutely is this just a not. happy accident? Yeah, <laughs> just a happy accident. <laughs> why, why mess with a good thing, right? <laughs> well, no, I, I just, I decided to be a little bit flexible in my old age for that one particular thing one, one time only <laughs> yeah that was a one-time special I if it weren't a dynasty league there's no way I would have picked up a second kicker I would have just cut you know I can imagine this was like your actual nightmare having to do this I did agonize over it but then I finally decided to pick up the kicker and then it was just do I cut somebody else on the roster or do I you know cut my actual kicker and so I ended up cutting Jared Patterson and hopefully he doesn't go off in the finals but even if he did he probably wouldn't be in my starting lineup to do it so I don't have any regrets that's fair I mean do you think you would have grown an even deeper hatred for kickers had you just not started a kicker and you lost the game because you didn't have a kicker probably <laughs> I, I probably would have hated myself it would have reached more new than depth. my kickers but <laughs> yeah I just figure I didn't want to have any regrets and so I bit the bullet and added a second kicker to my roster. And again, this is a dynasty league and who knows whether I want to keep a Dallas kicker or a Kansas city kicker going forward, but I'm certainly not keeping both of them. Especially Greg Thurland's already had COVID. Harrison Bucker's now already had COVID. So the world is your oyster. You, you can do anything. Yeah. That's I've, I don't know. I might try to start. I might try to see if I can get the rules changed so I can start a kicker in the flex position for this week. <laughs> I mean, you might be better off, especially with the the rampant injuries and COVID going on. Yeah. Uh, so, um, 
we are we are really deep in the championship playoff push here. Some of you playing for your championship, probably most of you this week. Some of you still have a week to go in those chaotic leagues that go every week of the season. Um, but we have everything for you tonight. We've got an action-packed hour that will help you win your daily fantasy league, your season-long fantasy league, your bragging rights, your survivor pools, whatever you need, we've got you covered. We've got your COVID news, your injury report, waiver wire pickups, who to start, who to sit, game picks, daily fantasy picks, you name it, we're going to cover it tonight. Um, if you have questions, if you need to get a hold of us any other time but this hour that we're with you every week, because quite frankly, 60 minutes of the Sherpa and I is just not enough. Uh, you can find us all over social media. We're on Twitter at the number 4THN into show at JKIM16 and fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can email us at number 4THN into show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. And we're with you every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, giving you everything you need to win. That's what we're here. We're here for winners, even though COVID has taken us down. But um, before we jump in, there are some things to consider on top of the injuries and the COVID. There are seven teams that could potentially clinch playoff berths this week, them being the Colts, Eagles, 49ers, Rams, Packers, Chiefs, and the Patriots. So that is something to potentially keep in mind as you're making your waiver wire picks, you're deciding who to put into your lineup, as if COVID and injuries weren't enough. Now you got to worry about guys sitting players, if they're playing hard. We got you covered, though. Don't worry. So we should just launch right in to everyone's favorite portion of the show, and that's injury report. Um, is there no more COVID I'm, parts, or is that combined fair, now into one? COVID, COVID will take center stage. The good news is more than 100 players came off the COVID list today. That does include practice squad players. However, in the month of December alone, uh, we are now north of just about 500 players have gone on the COVID list at one point or another. Uh, last year, it was about 260 total for the entire season. So just to put it into perspective, how things are going, which is not well. <laughs> but some teams are in a good spot. You've pretty much all had COVID at this point. The Cowboys were one of those, and I'm thankful for it. So to give you a quick rundown of what's going to impact you COVID-wise in the NFL, um, hopefully maybe not as much as normal now that they have shortened the quarantine period to five days, sort yeah, of. Just as everybody's kind of. getting sicker. Right. Yeah, Just this seems like probably contagion. the absolute like wrong time to do that. Right. But they didn't. They didn't ask us, unfortunately. Clearly, the schedule would look a lot different if they were talking to us. But um, the Cardinals have put several players, uh, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, on the COVID list. Uh, the Falcons, as well, are hit pretty hard, including backup tight end Hayden Hurst, uh, a couple of safeties and defensive ends, defensive tackles, wide receiver Tajay Sharp. The Bills got Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis back off the COVID list. You might remember unvaccinated Cole Beasley felt like the man was keeping him down. I'm sure he's extra pissed now that the COVID timeline has been shortened just in time for him to come out of quarantine. Um, the Bills did, however, put another cornerback on the COVID list today, so they're not totally out of the woods. Out in Carolina, backup quarterback P.J. Walker is on the COVID list, which is important in that. We know Cam Newton did get vaccinated, but he and Sam Darnold are in the same quarterback room as P.J. Walker. So P.J. Walker's not on your fantasy team, but keep an eye on maybe the Sam Darnold that you do have on your fantasy team. Also in Carolina, uh, linebacker Hassan Reddick 
both of their starting and backup center and seven defensive players are on the COVID list as of this afternoon. That's not ideal. Uh, the Bengals backup quarterback, Brandon Allen, and four defenders went on the COVID list. Again, same thing. He's hanging out with Joe Burrow. We could have a situation there. Uh, the Browns, I think, are down to just these three human beings have not had COVID, and that's two offensive linemen and a backup defensive lineman. So I think they've now cycled through everybody. Uh, the Cowboys put two defenders and their punter on the COVID list. Uh, as we saw in Kansas City, it is it is a little chaotic when your special teams guys are going on the COVID list. There's not a comparable backup on your roster. We saw in Carolina a couple of weeks ago position players trying out to be the kicker pregame. It's like the Wild West out there. Uh, in Denver, wide receiver Tim Patrick uh, has tested positive. He's on the COVID list. They don't think he's going to get cleared before Sunday, so keep that in mind when setting your lineup. Also, a whole bunch of their defense and one of their offensive linemen is on the COVID list. The Lions, uh, their backup tight end, wide receiver Josh Reynolds, one of their guards, a couple of defensive ends on the COVID list today. The Packers, mainly uh, defensive players and also their punter, all on the COVID list. The Texans, we saw Brandon Cooks was on the COVID list. Pretty much every wide receiver not named Brandon Cooks is now on the COVID list. <laughs> we saw just before game time last week, Darius Leonard tested positive in Indianapolis. We found out he's also unvaccinated. But now that they've shortened the timeline, he's going to be eligible to play this week. Carson Wentz tested positive yesterday. He's also unvaccinated. I'm not really sure how we can have your best offensive and defensive player, arguably, uh, excluding Jonathan Taylor, I guess, unvaccinated running around and that it took this long for them to get COVID. But Marlon Max joining them on the list, half of their defense. Um, so keep an eye on that. But Carson Wentz can still, in theory, play this week if he stays asymptomatic and he tests negative. whole thing's very confusing. But I know I have Carson Wentz on a couple of teams. I'm keeping an eye on that. The Jaguars put about 15 players on the COVID list between yesterday and today, including their backup tight end Jacob Hollister. Um, most of these guys are defensive players. It's been a it's a rough week COVID-wise for defenders. Out in uh, Las Vegas, Darren Waller, who hasn't played in the last three weeks with injury, now also has COVID, along with a whole bunch of their defenders. Backup quarterback Marcus Mariota is still on the COVID list, along with wide receiver Brian Edwards. Mariota still being on the COVID list is notable because Derek Carr did get banged up this week. Uh, his ribs, shoulders, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, whatever you want to call it. He's he's questionable. He's going to play, but it'd be a lot better if their backup quarterback would maybe get healthy from COVID. Uh, the Chargers put a bunch of defensive players on the COVID list, along with wide receiver Mike Williams, their long snapper Matt Overton, and kicker Dustin Hopkins. So, again, their whole special teams is going to be a disaster if they don't get cleared before this weekend. Uh, the Rams put a couple of offensive linemen on the COVID list. The Dolphins, they put three wide receivers, Preston Williams, Alan Hearns, and Albert Wilson, all on the COVID list, along with uh, about half of their defensive line. Neither of those are good things. Out in New England, Multiple defenders, uh, as well as backup quarterback Brian Hoyer, again, sharing a room with Mac Jones. They're all COVID positive and on the COVID list. The Saints are getting players back. They did put a couple of defensive players on the COVID list the last two days as well. But Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon both got cleared to return today. They haven't named a starting quarterback yet. Pretty sure it's not going to be Ian Book. Not his fault. It was a bad situation, but... Uh, it likely will be Taysom Hill, but they haven't decided quite yet to see. Maybe Jake Fromm. Really gonna be. Yeah, maybe. You never know. <laughs> it, could be, it could be Blake Bortles. 
Um, we are sure it's not Drew Brees or Philip Rivers, unfortunately. Uh, your Giants got uh, most of their offense back from the COVID list and then promptly put a handful of defenders on as well as the Jets did the same thing. The Seahawks put half their offensive line, a bunch of defenders on the COVID list. The Buccaneers, half their secondary, and Mike Evans are on the COVID list. The Titans lost a bunch of their defense along with Julio Jones uh, and the WTFs getting some players back and healthy, but another couple of cornerbacks hit the list today not good out there keep an eye on it I mean I was I was picking up IDP players when Darius Leonard tested positive like 30 minutes before kickoff last week so you're playing for a championship it's like 24 7 thing at this point um so now the actual injuries because there are a few of those out in Arizona wide receiver Rondell Moore is not practicing with an ankle injury uh, safety Buddha Baker is dealing with a rib injury. He's not practicing. He's going to try to play through that, but keep an eye on it. Uh, tight end Zach Ertz dealing with hamstring injuries played through the last two weeks. He's been limited to practice. That's probably how that's going to look most of the week. Running back Chase Edmonds was limited with a back injury, and James Conner did not practice at all with a heel injury. So it looks like Edmonds is the healthier of the two. Keep an eye on that as the week goes on. Out in Baltimore. They also had a, a few struggles last week with not having quarterbacks. It looks like Lamar Jackson is hoping to play this week. He did actually practice limited, but better than the last two weeks. He's been dealing with that sprained ankle. It looks like Tyler Huntley, who tested positive for COVID late last week, uh, is probably going to get cleared tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Thursday, today, uh, and will be back at practice. So one of those two will be under center. It's Hopefully it will be Lamar Jackson. Uh, also, wide receiver Devin DuVernay is not practicing with an ankle injury. Out in Buffalo, they're getting a little healthier at wide receiver, but Emmanuel Sanders is still limited with that knee injury. He did play last week. It didn't look like he was going to, so good for him. In Carolina, Sam Darnold is officially going to be the starting quarterback this week. I think that is a surprise to no one. <laughs> and on the defensive side of things, uh, on top of everyone having COVID, Stefan Gilmore uh, likely not going to play with a groin injury this week against the Saints, so it could be a bit of an uphill battle for them. In Chicago, quarterback Justin Fields was limited with his ankle injury. The ginger ninja Andy Dalton was back fully at practice. He's fresh off COVID and a groin injury, looking like he's a little healthier, but they probably aren't going to start him despite that. Uh, also, wide receiver Jakeem Grant Sr. is dealing with a concussion, but he was fully practicing today, so that's a really good sign for his availability this week. Out in Cleveland, running back Kareem Hunt, still not practicing with that ankle injury, didn't play last week. It's not looking great right now. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously, is going to be your guy there, but if you're hoping for a Kareem Hunt miracle at the last minute, I'm not sure it's going to happen this week. In Denver, both running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, were limited at practice today. Gordon's dealing with thumb and thigh injuries. Javante Williams has a sprained knee. They're working through it. It looks like both will probably play this week. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is still not practicing. He's still in the concussion protocol. They do not expect him to get cleared this week. They're hoping next week starter there. Out in Detroit, quarterback Jared Goff, also fresh off COVID, now is dealing with a knee injury. He's, quote, day-to-day and seems like there's a pretty decent chance he may not play this week. So, again, if he's your starting quarterback, now is a really good time to go pick somebody else up. In Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Tommy, if you've heard this before, is not practicing with his toe injury. That's not COVID toe. 
he's still going to play this week. Running back Aaron Jones is limited with a knee injury. Again, it's a Wednesday. That's not unusual for him. Out in Indianapolis, tight end Jack Doyle, who got knocked out of the game on the first play last week, uh, dealing with a knee and ankle injury. He's not practicing. Not looking so good so far. See how it looks later in the week, though. In Jacksonville, tight end James O'Shaughnessy is not practicing with hip injury. Remember, their backup tight end is also COVID positive, so it's a real big question mark out there. Trevor Lawrence needs a tight end to throw to, so we'll see how that goes. As I mentioned earlier, James Robinson is on IR after tearing his Achilles tendon during the game on Sunday. That was a sad sight, Um, but he's obviously done for the year and probably into next season as well. In Kansas City, running back Derek McKinnon designated to return from IR today, so they're getting a little more depth at running back. He'd been dealing with a hamstring injury, which is super timely because Clyde Edwards-Flair is not practicing with a shoulder injury. Looks like he broke his collarbone, but they're saying it's just a shoulder injury. Things are going to be okay. He's hoping to play, but nothing is set in stone there. The Rams put running back Daryl Henderson Jr. on IR with a knee injury. The Vikings put wide receiver Adam Thielen on IR today with that ankle sprain. He's actually having a surgery. It's going to be out about a month, so they have to make a pretty deep run for him to be a factor at all the rest of the season. Running back Dalvin Cook is out of the COVID protocol. He's going to be able to play this week. Patriots running back Damian Harris was limited practice with a hamstring injury, as was Brandon Bolden, who's dealing with a knee injury. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is clear from the COVID protocol. Uh, he was positive last week, so he's good to go for this week. But worth noting, though, kicker Nick Folk, he's been limited with a knee injury. He's questionable. He's expecting to play. But if you're looking at kickers, maybe not the guy this week. Uh, he is the highest-scoring kicker uh, so far this season in fantasy football, so Maybe you want to roll the dice, but as Sherpa proved, it can't come down to just your kicker. <laughs> the Giants. Uh, oh, also, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar not practicing with a concussion. Again, not looking really good for his chances to play this week. Um, the Giants got a whole bunch of players back off the COVID list, which is exciting. Unfortunately, most of them are still not practicing because they're all injured. Uh, kicker Graham Deneau is not practicing. He's dealing with an, Ill- an illness that's not COVID, so he has the flu. He's going to hopefully be healthy for this weekend. But, again, kicker woes are an issue in the playoffs. Uh, Wide receiver John Ross was limited with a knee injury. Tight end Kyle Rudolph isn't practicing with an ankle injury. Kadarius Toney is not practicing with a shoulder injury. And Saquon Barkley is not practicing with an ankle injury. Dominic, you've heard those before. (laughs) On the other side of New York, uh, the Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore Likely going to be eligible to come off the COVID list in the next day or two, but he's still dealing with a quad injury, so it's not looking like he has a great chance to play this week. It's going to be a long shot. Wide receiver Jamison Crowder also uh, not practicing. He's dealing with a calf injury that kept him from playing last week. Um, again, it's going to probably be a game-time decision with him. Hopefully you're not needing him in your lineup, but I needed him last week because of everybody getting COVID and he wasn't available. So these things do happen. In Philadelphia, quarterback Jalen Hurts has been dealing with that ankle sprain. Uh, he was limited practice today. He was asked how his ankle feels, and he said it feels like we can win two games and get to the playoffs. So he's going to play, unfortunately, for Gardner Minshew. Running back Kenneth Gainwell was limited with an ankle injury. Jordan Howard didn't practice with a stinger. He's hoping to play this week, which is important because wide receiver, or I'm sorry, running back Miles Sanders fractured his hand in the game last week. He's going to miss at least a week. They're not putting him on IR. They're hoping he can play next week. I'm not entirely sure how a running back is going to play with a fractured hand, but we're going to find out. In Pittsburgh, tight end Pat Fryermuth, who did not play last week after that scary concussion, 
He's not practicing, but it looks like he's got a pretty good chance to play, according to Mike Tomlin. So if Mike Tomlin tells me it's okay, I believe it. Out in San Francisco, running back Trey Sermon is going to be activated off IR before Sunday's game. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is still limited practice. He's been dealing with knee soreness uh, that's kept him out the last two weeks. It looks like he's trending in the right direction, but getting Trey Sermon will help a lot especially because it doesn't look like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play this week. He's got uh, a ligament tear and a fracture in his right thumb. So they're listing him as questionable. Not sure as a quarterback how you can play through that, but apparently we don't feel like Trey Lance is really ready. So we'll see who's under center in San Francisco. Out in Tampa Bay, wide receiver Antonio Brown's been limited to the ankle injury. He's going to play uh, unless his foot falls off at this point. (laughs) They can't afford for him not to. Linebacker Shaq Barrett has a sprained MCL and ACL. They're saying he's going to miss at least two games, so that's a big piece of that Buccaneers defense. In Washington, wide receiver Curtis Samuel was limited with hamstring injury. Keep an eye on that, as well as running back Antonio Gibson, who was limited with a hip injury. And uh, just something to keep an eye on, especially defensively for your playoffs. In Washington, uh, defensive end Montez Sweat is not practicing. They're calling it a personal reason, so... Keep an eye on make sure he's out there because that defense is going to look a lot different if he's not. So, Sherpa, <laughs> what, what have you been up to? Did Blue the Cat make an appearance is really what I'm mostly worried about. Um, yeah, he and I flew out to Cincinnati to check out the nightlife there with Joe Burrow <laughs> only to find out that there isn't any. And then we flew over to Boston to uh, check in on <laughs> the Patriots defense and Matt Juden told us that he's got COVID. So we asked, we prescribed uh, mac and cheese for him and then fled <laughs> as quickly as possible to get back here to do the waiver wire section. You know, it's good that you're, you're traveling. Um, Joe Burrow just did say that's why they're not getting COVID because there's no nightlife and I'm inclined to believe him. If you and Blue say there's none, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, he met us at the airport and told us to turn around and leave. Might as well just go. Keep on going, guys. <laughs> So, yeah, we were just out some money and some frequent, but we got some frequent flyer miles, so we're happy. And uh, You know, this is really important. Yeah. You know, I'm just (laughs) getting really confused because in the Tampa Bay Jets game this weekend, Tampa has a wide receiver named Tyler Johnson, and the Jets have a running back named Ty Johnson, so my head is already spinning. It's it's not great. Of course, if either one of them are in your lineup in a championship week, you're – probably have bigger problems than trying to keep their two names straight, but be yeah. that as it may. You're not wrong. But, you know, there's probably some people out there that are in that spot, thanks to all these injuries and COVID. Are you recommending picking up either Ty slash Tyler Johnson or maybe a Ty Conklin or Tyler Conklin while we're at it? Or Ty Cobb? Um, no. <laughs> Actually, Tyler Johnson made the list, but uh, as okay. you'll see, that was only a, a half-hearted recommendation, but we'll get to that. Uh-huh. So <laughs> running back wise, it's it's pretty, as you like to say, it's pretty shaky, pretty sketchy out there this week. Yeah. Um, Dontrell Hilliard is probably my favorite of the widely available ones. They've got a Tennessee has a home matchup against Miami this week. Um, Boston Scott, part of the probably the only healthy part of the three-headed Eagles backfield at this point. Uh, Jared Patterson for the Reds, uh, excuse me, the WTF. Uh, Duke Johnson, who seems um, to be actually carrying the ball for Miami as opposed to just being a pass catcher the way he was in Cleveland and Houston. Uh, Naeem Hines, 
Mark Ingram, I.I., Derek Gore, Keyshawn Vaughn, and if you're really desperate, Dare Ogunbowale um, for Jacksonville. But actually something that might be a little bit more promising, you know, oftentimes people, uh, especially in leagues where you don't have IR spots, are forced to make some pretty you know, this-week-only type decisions in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. if somebody in your league happens to have cut DeAndre Swift, Trey Sermon, or heaven forbid, Dalvin Cook, although he's probably uncuttable in most leagues. But if any of those guys happen to be out on your waiver wire, just jump them to the head of the class. I would recommend all three of those guys uh, more than um, any of the, the people that I listed so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If you see one of those guys out there, especially like at this point, especially the injuries and, and COVID, if there's somebody like that out there, go pick them up. Hopefully you're winning your matchup and you might need them next week or you can put them in this week. I, to me, I'm with you on that. That seems like a no-brainer because you're right. There are some people out there who didn't have a choice. Yeah, so I think in just about he all the advantage. cases, but especially at running back, you know, that might be your best option to hope that mm-hmm. somebody cut someone valuable you know, to make room for um, someone that they just couldn't do without. I mean, I just to – show you you know how desperate people can get there's a one a dynasty league that i play in where someone cut juju smith schuster a couple of weeks ago because they needed to pick someone up for a playoff um push and predictably he was snatched right up on the waiver wire last week by a team that you know wasn't in the playoffs anymore but you know even if you're not in the playoffs there's still you know if you're in a dynasty league there's still opportunities like that to help your team in the long run yeah, I mean, there's there's options out there. There are things to be done. Okay, um, turning our attention to wide receivers, the, the pickings are a little less slim there, but uh, K.J. Osborne probably at the top of my list now that Adam Thielen has been ruled out for the rest of the year. Alan Lazard um, for Green Bay, home matchup against Minnesota, although that's a little bit questionable, um, depending on Marquez Valdez-Scampling's availability. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne, Kenny Galladay, Alan Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Robbie Anderson, Marvin Jones, Rashad Perriman, Tyler Johnson, and Darius Slayton. And, you know, loath as I am to recommend uh, Cole Beasley if he's out there because somebody dropped him in desperation a couple weeks ago, he might be preferable to any of those options. And also uh, Gabriel Davis, another one to um, look at from the Buffalo returnee list. Um, Unfortunately, Isaiah McKenzie, great week last week, but uh, his value is probably uh, slim to none this week with those other two guys coming back. Yeah. Yeah. The, The value definitely drops, but it was nice to have him last week. Yeah, if you were part of the 0.3% of people that had him on your team uh, that okay, started him last happy week. people are <laughs> Yeah. Although you never know. I mean, that not to keep talking about myself, but that one matchup I won last week by the, you mm-hmm. know, the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Chin. You know, I had Joe Burrow <laughs> and Devontae Adams on that team, and I still just barely won that matchup because pretty much the rest of the team did nothing. But sometimes all you need are two or three guys having big days to, to carry you through. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a guy like Jonathan Taylor's carried a lot of people this season. I know he's carried me some weeks. He got you to the playoffs. You know, it happens. Yep. 
so quarterback wise, um, Nick Foles is kind of a desperation play, but some people, you know, he has a pretty good matchup against my Giants. Um, more on that yeah. later, but uh, to a tag of tag of Violoa, I couldn't get through a whole season without butchering his name at least <laughs> once, but uh, he's at the top of my list this week. I'm guessing you'll disagree with that. Davis Mills, yeah. Mac Jones, uh, Jared Goff, Taysom Hill, and Carson Wentz, depending on their availability, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence, and Sam Darnold, those last uh, handful probably only in a really deep uh, two-quarterback league if you're really desperate, but um, those guys are uh, largely available. Yeah, I mean, hey, I I have some two-quarterback teams still hanging out there. Certainly going to need some, some help, but it it is slim pickings. It is tough. You don't want to be putting all of your playoff hopes and dreams on Nick Foles' back, that's for sure. Well, I'm guessing even Davis Mills is probably gone in two quarterback leagues. I would, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly not out there in mind. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So tight end wise, some appealing options: Gerald Everett, probably at the top of my list; C.J. Ozama, Cole Komet, Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper. And if he's not concussed, uh, Pat Fryermuth would also make the list. And again, you know, Travis Kelsey, probably uncuttable in most leagues, but you know, it's worth checking just to make sure whoever the Travis Kelsey owner in your league was, if it's a redraft league, uh, didn't do something dumb a few last week just uh, to uh, try to pick up a serviceable tight end. Yeah, I, you know, you got to at least check. You got to do your due diligence. I'm with you on that. There's going to be something out there. All right. And as far as uh, defenses go, if you're looking to stream this week, the Chicago Bears probably top in front of my list. Of course, they're playing my Giants, which is the reason they're at the top of the list. Um, Seattle, home matchup against Detroit. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Tennessee, home against Miami. Pittsburgh, home against Cleveland. Giants on the road against Chicago. Carolina on the road against New Orleans, Las Vegas at Indianapolis, Detroit uh, at Seattle, and Houston at San Francisco. Those are all defenses that I think um, might be uh, worth picking up if you're really desperate and need to stream a defense this week. Yeah, there's, uh, defense is probably the best options you have out there, but the problem is everybody, literally every defensive player, I think, has COVID right now. That is That is a bit of a wild card. Right. Uh, shall we move on? Oh, before we do that, I wanted to, um, speaking of waiver wires, get your opinion on something. Yeah, some people bad form. Other people think that you know anything goes. What do you think about picking up players that your team doesn't necessarily need off the waiver wire, but that your opponent um, probably could use, especially in a starting situation? You think everything's fair game, or do you think that's uh, a little bit bad form to do that. I think everything's fair game. Um, it's the playoffs, and there's so many injuries that I think this year more than any, you're justified in doing it. Whatever edge you can get, and who's who's to say you won't need a sixth running back by the time Sunday comes along? I I may even have been hoarding running backs on season long teams just so they weren't out there for other people. I'm not above doing it. What about you? Um, <laughs> I I'm probably agree with you, but um, in my one final matchup, that's probably not the way I'm going to go. 
with well, my you get, you gotta carry we're only allowed to pick up now. one player a week in that league and I'm probably not going to use that move to um, worry about you could, you could pick up. A, a guy who would be a, potentially at best a flex player for my um, opponent. I've, I've got to worry about my kicker situation before I can figure out my uh, <laughs> opponent's flex situation. So, so. kicker problems. <laughs> and then uh, one other quick question for you. Uh, get your opinion on this. Uh, um, floor versus upside in deciding between players if you're on the fence between starting two players i mean at this point i'm more i'm more playing upside just because it's it's kind of feast or famine at this point i'd rather lose big than lose by a very slim margin and not have had a chance to potentially win um especially like I tend to on Sunday morning, like I'll look at my matchup again, the projections and, you know, if need be, I'll put somebody that maybe isn't projected as big that I just like the matchup better or vice versa. I I tend to tinker a little more at the last minute with that than anything else. Does it make a difference to you whether you're favored in the matchup or whether it's a close matchup or you're heaven forbid, even the underdog? in the matchup or would you treat all of those cases the same in terms of deciding between the high upside guy and the higher floor I think guy? More, more if I'm an underdog or it's pretty close. If I, if I'm projected to win, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'll stick with like the guys who got me there, but you know, sometimes you just gotta leave it all out on the field. <laughs> or let your players leave it all out on the field. Yeah. yeah you know, it's all, it's all relative. Right. <laughs> So um, why don't we get into some um, player recommendations and picks and pans for this week. Uh, How about uh, running back? Who are your top 10 running backs this week? Uh, Jonathan Taylor at the top of my list, especially if Carson Wentz isn't going to play, he's going to become even more valuable. Um, Austin Eckler doesn't have COVID anymore. Back on the field of play, big fan of that at two. Still not entirely sure what Matt Stafford is doing. So I and and you know out Justin Herbert, pretty much all of the West Coast quarterbacks at this point, I'm a little concerned about. So their running backs are are kind of jumping higher on the list. A la Austin Eckler moving up. Joe Mixon coming in at three, even against Kansas City. I know I probably have him ranked higher than you and most of the rest of the world. Alvin Kamara checking in at four. Nick Chubb running out my top five. David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, II. Dalvin Cook, fresh off his COVID bout, Najee Harris, and Aaron Jones running at the top 10 for me. So I don't have any of your top five in my <laughs> top 10 list. And of your, last, of your top six through 10, I think um, all those guys pretty much are in my list. But So we see things a little bit differently, but uh, that's part okay. of the course for us after <laughs> yeah. 12 years. So I'm going to put a name at the top of my list that will probably surprise you, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, Devin Singletary with Buffalo. Love the matchup against Atlanta this week. I don't hate that. And think uh, they're going to score a lot of points. I don't know if they'll match the Cowboys output from last week, but it is possible. So he's at the top of my list, followed by, speaking of the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, who I didn't hear mentioned on your list. Uh, Aaron Jones. Dalvin Cook, who were both mentioned in your uh, next five, I think. Um, Sony Michelle, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Ronald Jones, II, also on your list. Najee Harris, also on your list. And Daryl Williams um, 
if he's the starter. If not, I guess Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But you know, how effective can a guy be with a broken collarbone? And honorable mentions yeah. to Duke Johnson, Devontae Freeman, and Boston Scott. Yeah, my my concern with Ezekiel Elliott and a little bit with Dak Prescott is that the Cowboys have clinched. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think they're going to sit guys because it's the Cowboys and, like, it's a different level of petty and just wanting to stick it to people. Um, but I am a little worried they may not play the whole game. And with Arizona, I don't – a sane person wouldn't leave them in. But I, that's my, my one hesitation with them. Well, my thought would be they're still trying to catch Green Bay for the best you know, record in the conference. And as we know mm-hmm. this year with the extra playoff team, the only, there's only, the only one buy. team that gets the bye. And so they're still trying to hunt down Green Bay to get that. And Green Bay doesn't play till Sunday night, so they won't be able to scoreboard watch and know what Green Bay is up to. So my guess is that they're going to leave those starters in for the full game if the game is close. But uh, we'll see. It may not be the way Arizona's been playing the last four or five weeks since they lost uh, DeAndre Hopkins. See, they're due. See, I'm worried. They're due. They're due to just put a hurting on somebody, and the Cowboys might just be showing up at the wrong time. Anyway, this is, this is my Cowboys I don't see how issue. they're going to do it. I mean, <laughs> they just don't seem like they have the weapons anymore, especially, you know, James Conner not at full strength. And, you know, well, anyway, we'll see. But uh, how about your yeah. – tend to avoid at running back? Who are you staying away from? Um, I'm staying away from Duke Johnson in Miami. We're finally getting a little healthier. Miles Gaskin got a, a bigger share of the workload last week, so I'm I'm done with Duke Johnson. Devontae Booker in New York, even if Saquon Barkley plays, this is a terrible matchup. Amir Abdullah in, North, in Carolina, Mike Davis, Jamal Williams, uh, Latavius Murray, Justin Jackson, uh, Miles Gaskin, this Miami run game isn't going to have a good day. Uh, Naheem Hines and Jeremy McNichols. So not a lot of running back success in the Miami-Tennessee game, I think is what we're foreshadowing here. (laughs) All right. I've got James Conner at the top of my avoid list. Saquon Barkley, Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, Cordero Patterson, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Michael Carter, and Jamal Williams uh, rounding out my uh, tend to avoid and dishonorable mention to Chuba Hubbard, Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead, and Dare Ogunbowale. I'm sorry. Good for I you. You got a second listening. try, though. That's a, that's a tough one. A I apologize to him if he's listening. I'm Why sure wouldn't he, he be? Wouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about wide receivers do you like this week? <clears throat> uh, Cooper Cup. You've won me over on him. He's at the top of my list, it's along with time. Devontae Adams. I think those two are clear in a way. In my top two this week, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who is threatening Anquan Bolden's record for uh, you know, most catches in a season by a rookie. It'd be nice if he could do it this week so that there's no asterisks attached to it if he needs a 17th game to do that. That would be good. Uh, well, they don't Jefferson. have a lot of healthy wide receivers. Somebody has to catch the football. It might as well be him. <laughs> yeah, and he missed the game, too, I think, with COVID. So yep. yeah, that would be pretty amazing if he could break that record this week already. Uh, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Odell Beckham Jr., and Amari Cooper rounding out my top ten. And honorable mentions to Devontae Smith 
Antonio Brown, if he, assuming he plays, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, and Marquise Brown. Okay. <clears throat> I don't have too much of a problem with your list. Um, Cooper Cup at the top of mine. I'm sure you're all shocked by this. That hasn't been the trend every week for the last forever. Uh, Devontae Adams coming in at two. Uh, three, all the way up to three for me, Debo Samuel. Justin Jefferson at four and Stephon Diggs at five. C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, and T. Higgins coming in at number 10 this week. Alrighty, and as far as wide receivers I'm trying to avoid this week would be Terry McLaurin at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Russell Gage, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, AJ Green, Robbie Anderson, and Jamison Crowder rounding out my uh, tend to avoid and dishonorable mentions to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Laquan Treadwell. Hopefully you're not having yeah. to start those last two or any of those last three, but if you're starting a Jacksonville wide receiver in your championship game, good luck. I almost had to start Laquan Dreadwell last week. Things got really dire. I'm in a league that starts two quarterbacks, uh, two running backs, two tight ends, and four wide receivers. And I had like five wide receivers get COVID last week. (laughs) My healthiest wide receiver going into Sunday was Jamison Crowder, who didn't play because he couldn't walk. Um, So I I really very seriously had to think about picking up Laquan Dreadwell. Shockingly, we did not win this matchup. (laughs) <laughs> it was a tough go. Things no. were not good. So I've been there. I feel your pain, people. Um, don't recommend starting him or anybody in that Jacksonville offense, really, at all. Um, Michael Gallup also checking in on my list. <clears throat> Again, I think this is going to be a closer game. I think the Arizona defense will be more of a factor, so I'm staying away from Gallup this week. Dan Jefferson, uh, Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, Jacoby Myers, who – even even against the Jacksonville defense, this matchup is just – he's been a fantasy disappointment across the board. Uh, Alan Lazard, Joshua Parker with the Chargers – or Palmer with the Chargers, uh, Isaiah McKenzie out in Buffalo, Zay Jones, A.J. Green. Ugh. It's not pretty out there. All right. Uh, let's move to hopefully a happier subject. How about quarterbacks who do you <laughs> like to carry fantasy teams home to um, a championship this week? Now, if this is your first time listening, I'm not sure where you've been this whole 12 years, um, but I don't ever pick the Falcons to win games. And that means Josh Allen is at the top of my recommended list for quarterbacks this week. That matchup is too good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming in at two, always plays tough against Minnesota, especially in prime time. Tom Brady at three against the Jets. It's kind of a no-brainer. Jalen Hurts all the way up at four, mostly because their running backs are all injured, and I think he's going to have to be both the – uh, leading rusher and passer in this game, which is not totally unusual anyway. Patrick Mahomes running up the top five. Lamar Jackson, I have him higher than everybody else in the world at six. Matthew Stafford, uh, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow. Dak Prescott just outside the top ten. All right, we have a fair amount of overlap. Uh, actually, I have Josh good. Allen at the top of my list as well. Unfortunately, I don't have him on the my team that's <laughs> in the finals, but uh, we'll... Uh. It's, we're, we're doing this objectively, I hope. Uh, Dak Prescott, yes. number two on my list, so hopefully that uh, um, bodes well for Cowboys fans like Jana. Matthew Stafford, three. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, four. Patrick Mahomes, five. Joe Burrow, six. Tua Tagovailoa, redeeming myself, seven. Tom Brady, <laughs> eight. 
Jalen Hurts um, nine more because of the opponent than because I think he's going to be a vital part of the run game. You know, the fact that he only had two rushes last week and they were both designed rush plays suggests to me that his uh, ankles probably still not uh, um, doing too well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kirk Cousins rounding out my top 10 because I expect a somewhat of a shootout between Green Bay and Minnesota and honorable mentions, uh, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, if he plays Derek Carr, assuming he's healthy enough. And if you're really desperate in a two quarterback league, uh, Ben Roethlisberger also uh, might be worth starting this week. Yeah. I hope you're not that desperate. Um, Ben Roethlisberger checking in on my avoid list. (laughs) I, I am just very, very down on everything about the Steelers, unfortunately right now. Um, Also Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Drew Locke, Davis Mills, who even though I think he will, you know, do some good things, there are better options this week. Baker Mayfield, uh, Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, and Derek Carr. I've got Kyler Murray at the top of my list of quarterbacks to avoid, which is a little bit sad. But, um, again, that kind of foreshadows what I think of the Dallas-Arizona game. Taylor baby. (laughs) Davis Mills. Matt Ryan, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, and um, Mike Lennon, assuming I've, I can't imagine they would start Jake Fromm again, but <laughs> if, if they do, I mean, either who, who are, whoever the Giants I got to be honest, week, Mike uh, Lennon wasn't a whole lot better than Jake Fromm. It didn't get better when he came in. Well, his completion percentage went up, but he only threw – he completed 18 passes for 97 yards, which tells you all you need to know about the – Maybe you guys can go on the, the Mac Jones Patriots 40-mile-an-hour wind plan and just stop throwing the ball together. That might work better. If they had an offensive line, I might agree with you. So, yeah. anyway. But you got a top five draft pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe two, depending on how things work out. But True. <laughs> of course – with our luck, we'll probably beat the Bears and knock ourselves out of the top five. Um, yeah, try not to do week. that. I'll try not to, but or I should say the Giants will hopefully try not to. But <laughs> the guys that are got us into the mess are the ones playing for their jobs, so I'm sure they're going to play hard. But uh, if Jake Fromm is your starting quarterback, or even if Mike Lennon is your starting quarterback, uh, I think uh, the Bears almost by definition have the better end of that matchup. So anyway, yeah. as far as tight ends to recommend this week, Travis Kelsey at the top of the list now that he's back. Rob Gronkowski, Mike Gesicki checking in at number three on my list, which will make you happy. Dalton Schultz, very happy. Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, Tyler Higby, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, and C.J. Uzama rounding out my top ten, and Foster Moreau and Tyler Conklin warranting an honorable mention. That's nice. Nice one to to check in. Yeah, I feel so bad for Darren Waller. He was having such a phenomenal season that he just literally ran into a wall and now he's got COVID. Things are not good for them. Um, I, I've got Travis Kelsey at two on my list. I've got Mark Andrews at number one. So, again, I think we see some of these games differently. Uh, so, Andrews at one, Kelsey at two, George Kill at three, Rob Gronkowski checking in at four for me, Kyle Pitts rounding out the top five. Dallas Dodgers up to six. Zach Ertz, formerly of the Eagles, also checking in at seven. Dalton Schultz at eight. Dawson Knox, and it wouldn't be a top ten without Mike Seki in there. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> Alrighty, and for my tight ends to avoid this least, this week, it's a very short list. I could only find five that I want to avoid, and two of them play on the same team, so it's an either-or or a tandem. So I could really only think of four teams whose tight ends I would want to avoid in a big way this week, and that would be uh, Kyle Pitts for Atlanta, Noah Font for Denver, Evan Ingram for the Giants, and then whoever starts at tight end for the WTF, whether it's Ricky Seals-Jones or John Bates, I wouldn't want to start either of those guys, even in a two-tight end league, such as the one you play in. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous league. Um, I I came up with six to avoid. <laughs> I came up with a similar total, but I've got Jared Cook on my avoid list, Hunter Henry. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram, James O'Shaughnessy at all, whoever doesn't have COVID and, and makes it on the field for the Jaguars, and Cameron Breit in Tampa Bay. Okay, how about uh, defenses? Who do you like this week? Well, the Buccaneers are at the top of the list. In the Jets, it's not a big surprise. Uh, Patriots also checking in. The Saints, 49ers, Bills, Dolphins, Eagles, Bears, Rams, and the Cowboys. All right, we have quite a bit of overlap. I've got uh, New England, Buffalo, Chicago, Philadelphia, and the Chargers in one tier, and then Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Dallas, New Orleans, and Seattle in my next tier. So those are two tiers of five, so it is a top ten. I got two tiers and the ten. What a week. Uh, (laughs) On my void list. Uh, so are the Seahawks, the Panthers, Colts, the Chiefs, Titans, Browns, Steelers, Chargers, Cardinals, a lot of players uh, on those teams that are not healthy and have COVID. So the matchups themselves weren't that great. And then you throw that in, it wasn't good for me. I've got Atlanta at the top of my avoid list, Arizona, Baltimore, the Jets, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and Washington. And then... Um, a whole bunch of teams in the next tier down from that, uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Rams, Indianapolis, Green Bay, and Cleveland. So quite a few defenses I would try to stay away from this week. Chances are at least one of the guys, uh, one of the teams that I listed in the t- in my top 10 is available, especially if you look at the Seattle, uh, New Orleans um, end of the spectrum there, Chicago. Not not yeah, a lot of people owning there. those Somebody teams. Somebody's going to be out there. Yeah. I agree. Um, how about some game picks? We don't have a Thursday night game this week. No, which we is don't. It's always a good time. Because they're yeah, always so, weird. So. All, the, all the players will have more time to rest up from their COVID then. But yeah, anyway. Hopefully, try not to get COVID between now and then. And try not to get COVID between <laughs> now and then. Or at least if they do, make sure that they've got a vaccination so that they can test out of it again. So first game up Sunday, New England hosting Jacksonville, New England, all sorts of stuff. You know, people saying Mac Jones has hit hit the first, the rookie wall. But then again, he's going up against another rookie quarterback who's been playing as though he's hit the wall um, from the first preseason game. And that would be Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I, I want to figure out a way to make this game close, but I, I just can't do it. I know Jacksonville surprised Buffalo earlier this year, but I just can't imagine that happening to a Bill Belichick team. I'll say Jacksonville um, 
loses this one fairly handily. I'll say Patriots 27, Jacksonville 17. Yeah, I um, I don't even have it that close. And we know historically I am a Jaguars apologist, and I find a lot of ways to make this work. There's just there's no way on paper short of maybe New England just not showing up to their own home game. But Bill Belichick is coming off a home loss. It's his first season in 10 years where they're going to have a losing record at home. This is not a Bill Belichick you want to be facing, especially as a rookie quarterback who no longer has a running back and your defense is in shambles. So I've got New England winning 31-10, and that might even be generous. I don't feel like this is competitive from any point in time. So it's maybe Bill, not on Thursday night, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Bill Belichick will make some New Year's resolutions after this game. He'll be in a better mood. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> so Atlanta at Buffalo, I think Buffalo holds serve here pretty easily. I think it, you know, there's not much to recommend Atlanta here unless Matt Ryan can pull some tricks out of the hat, but I, I doubt it. Um, I'll, I'll go with Buffalo to double up Atlanta 34-17 here. And like I said, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, um, Stefan Diggs, any any Buffalo, even Dawson Knox, any Buffalo I mean, offensive players belong in your starting lineup this week. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really strong play. I've got Buffalo winning 31-17. I know no one is shocked. Bill Patterson's fun to watch. Kyle Pitts is great. But, like, they can't beat this Bills team on their own in Buffalo with people jumping through tables on fire in the parking lot. It's going to be, like, negative three degrees. The whole thing's going to be a mess. Um, I think Buffalo is going to remind people that they are a real true playoff contender. They're going to get back on track here. And Atlanta is still going to look like Atlanta. Next up, we have one of the better games of the day, which to me is a coin toss, and that's Kansas City at Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow played really well last week. Normally, I pick the home team when I'm in doubt, but I just think Kansas City's defense has gotten better the second half of the season, and I'm just not sold on Cincinnati's consistency. Yes, this is the kind of game that you know they've been in this position a couple of times this season where you look and say, oh, they should win that game based on what they've done the last week or two weeks, and then they lay an egg. I think Kansas City, their experience is going to be the difference here. I'll say Kansas City 30, Cincinnati 27, and it wouldn't surprise me if these two teams end up facing each other again in the playoffs, although that would obviously be in Kansas City. Yeah, um, I'm I'm taking Kansas City win 31-28. I think this is going to be a good game. It's going to be back and forth. I think Joe Burrow is is going to look really sharp. He and Joe Mixon are going to have a great day. But Kansas City is the more seasoned team. I think that despite the ups and downs that they've had, despite Patrick Mahomes not having sleep because he's got a newborn baby, I think they're going to figure it out. They're going to go on the road. It, it's time for them to look like a real true football team again. And I think they will this week. Uh, next up, a game that probably sounded a lot more intriguing when it was when the schedule was made than it does now, the Rams at Baltimore. Of course, it's always a little bit dicey with a West Coast team traveling to an East Coast uh, city for an early game. But right now, even if the um, Ravens get Lamar Jackson back this week, you know, no telling whether he'll be at full strength after his lengthy layoff, and either, even if it were uh, Tyler Huntley, you know, I, I just think the Rams have a little bit too much. Um, 
I'll pick a final score of Rams 31, Baltimore 27, but quite honestly, I'm struggling to see how Baltimore comes up with 27 in this game. See, I'm taking Baltimore to win this. Bad ankle, not bad ankle, I'm not concerned. Lamar Jackson's going to come back. They're playing at home. They're going to win 28-27. It's going to have to be a fourth quarter come from behind. We're not going to have any of this bogus let's go for two and not have our quarterback who leads the world in in rushing. And Anyway, uh, I think Lamar Jackson's going to show up. He's going to maybe not be quite as mobile, especially against the tough Rams defense, but the Rams are without Daryl Henderson. Matt Stafford has been a little suspect with the football of late. I think the Baltimore defense will keep the Rams honest, look for a lot of Patrick Queen running around, and I think they're going to steal one here from the Rams. Next up, we've got uh, Las Vegas traveling to Indianapolis. If Carson Wentz were healthy, this would be, yeah, I would be picking the other way on this. But I know Indianapolis looks great in recent weeks. They've been able to figure out a way every week, but they have, they've done that with Carson Wentz. I just, much as I, you know, like to root for University of Texas since my older nephew went there and Sam Erlinger and, Everything that yeah. you know, his the crisis, the tragedy that his family went through this year with his yeah. younger brother uh, um, taking so his life. But uh, I just I can't see a way to Indiana. I think they'll keep it close. But if both of these teams are as they you know as I think they will be going into this weekend uh, with Indianapolis not having their starting quarterback, I think Las Vegas wins this 27-24. And my guess is you're yeah. going to disagree. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I think that Jonathan Taylor is enough to overcome even a, a young, inexperienced quarterback if Carson Wentz doesn't play. But I, it sounds like Carson Wentz has a decent chance of playing here. Um, I think I'm, – I'm hoping Darius Leonard should be back in time. The defense gets a little healthier. And Derek Carr, is he got banged up pretty good last week. You don't have Darren Waller, security blanket. You're traveling east. It's after daylight savings time, which is not good for the for the Raiders. The only the only wild card for me is the fact that, and I know this is crazy. John Madden passing this week is going to give the Raiders fan base even more of of you know kind of a fire here. So that's my one wild card. That if it goes sideways, Vegas may win just on that merit alone. But I have the Colts winning 27-24. I think it'll be a good close game though. Okay. Um, next up, we've got Miami at Tennessee. This should be a good game, too. I'm guessing we'll pick the other way on this, but I have Probably. more faith in <laughs> Miami's offense than you do, I think, and I think they're going to eke this out uh, 30 to 24. I actually am going to surprise you here. I am also picking the Dolphins. Um, I've got them winning 23-20. I think it's a lower-scoring game. I'm I'm just concerned about this Tennessee offense. Ryan Tannehill needed to kind of step up and be the guy, and he did not do that. And with the injuries, Julio Jones having COVID and, you know, this, that, and the other, there's too many things going wrong for them. Tua is completely reckless with the football. That offensive line is not doing a great job of protecting him either. But Miles Gaskin looks a little healthier. Mike Gusecki is always around. And their defense is better than people give them credit for. So I think the Miami defense is more the reason they win this game than anything else. All right. Uh, next up, we've got my Giants traveling to the Bears. And Oof. as a Giants fan, I think I'm rooting for the Bears just because I want the Giants to have, have the to higher pick. Point. 
I mean, of course, the Giants have the Bears pick too, but you know, in terms of having the higher pick in the draft, you know, right now the Giants have four wins and the Bears have five. So rather than have two teams with five wins, I'd rather have uh, the Giants with four and the Bears with six, I think. But uh, I know that sounds like a defeatist attitude, and I, I'll own it. But, it's a uh, Giants attitude. <laughs> I think you know, it's just a horror show the last um, – five plus years, but they've already committed to bringing Joe Judge and uh, Daniel Jones back, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's uh, at I least the either. Daniel Jones we part We just of honestly it. don't know if they're any good or not. There's no way you could know this season. Well, what my hope is that they'll use those two picks, one on an offensive lineman and one on a defensive end, maybe sign a free agent offensive lineman, and then you know, they'll have Daniel Jones' fourth year of his rookie contract to evaluate him, and if he turns out you know, that he can't improve next year then, you know, and hopefully COVID is in the rearview mirror by then. But if he doesn't improve next year, then by all means go out and draft a quarterback in what looks to be, you know, they'll have a, a another high pick in a draft that looks like it'll have, you know, more quarterback depth Much in it. But options, uh, yeah. so, but anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying I'm picking Chicago 24-17 in this one, even though this will this will probably be borderline unwatchable, even if you're a fan yeah. of uh, the Bears. Yeah, this is not going to be a pretty game. I actually have uh, the Bears winning 24-13. I, I don't even see the Giants getting to 17 points. It, it, they just look bad, just all the way around bad. And the Bears might not be healthy. They might not be that good, but I think they're better than the Giants. So hopefully you secure uh, a stronger top five pick and none of us have to watch this football game. <laughs> okay, next up we've got Philadelphia at Washington. And you know, it seems like these two teams are headed in the opposite direction. I still am not sold on Jalen Hurts' consistency, but yeah, you know, that offensive line seems to be reasonably healthy. And you know, I think Jalen Hurts is good enough to get past a, a pretty uh, mediocre um, Washington team when they're healthy. And right now they're not. I'll say Philadelphia 30, Washington 17. I'm taking Washington to win this 24-20. Um, the Washington team that played the Eagles a week and a half ago was a completely different team. They're healthier now. Taylor Heineke's back. The defense is back, with the exception of one or two guys on COVID. Um, it looks like Curtis Samuel's probably going to play. Terry McLaurin isn't going to be concussed. There's a lot going their way. Uh, and the Eagles, their running game is suspect at best. Miles Sanders not being in doesn't help anything. They just kind of figured out how to use the running backs, and now none of them are healthy. So Jalen Hurts is going to try to do too much. He's going to try to force things, and I think that's going to be their undoing. I've got Washington winning a close one. I'm stunned. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be extra pissed when this actually comes through. This is the same Washington team that gave up eight touchdowns to your Cowboys. Not the same. Not the same team. It's a little healthier. Also, that was that was a tough week. That was just you can't be that bad two weeks in a row. They're not Jacksonville. Well, I'm not saying they'll be that bad. I just still think you can get blown out and not lose by you know seven touchdowns. That's actually correct. And ideally, you don't want offensive linemen scoring on you either. That's embarrassing on a different level. Uh, but I I I think it's more. I don't respect the Eagles' offense. I think I respect them less. Well, they had an offensive lineman score a touchdown last week too. This is true, but it's not going to happen twice. Although no. we did, we did like seeing that he he had a really tough year. He was gone for you know trying to get his anxiety and depression under control for a couple of weeks. So if anyone was going to score, I was really happy it was him. 
And then he leaped into the stands too, showing his athleticism. So that was kind of cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he does. He's a former tight end and quarterback, I guess. So next mm-hmm. up, we've got uh, another game that figures to be borderline unwatchable, but at least here, one of the yeah. teams has an MVP candidate and is potentially a Super Bowl contender, and that's the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers traveling to the Jets. Um, probably the less said about this game, the better. We mentioned before it's Ty Johnson and Tyler Johnson, but I think the Tyler Johnsons get the better of the Ty Johnsons in this one. Tampa Bay 31, Jets 20. I got Tampa Bay winning 35-21. I think the Jets points will come in garbage time. I I don't think Tom Brady's going to have to play this whole game. Whole game. He might get 35 in the first half and just shut it down. Um, but like you said, not a very watchable football game. Okay, um, the first of the Sunday late games, we've got Houston traveling to San Francisco. I've commented a couple times before that central time zone teams that travel to the West Coast for late games actually tend to do pretty well. But um, if Houston had Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, I might feel a little bit differently. Davis Mills, I'm happy for him. He's arguably the best of the rookie quarterback class this week. But I mean, this season, but... um, even so, also and even week. with uh, <laughs> Trey Lance you know, not playing very well and Jimmy Garoppolo probably not playing, I, I still find it hard to pick an upset here. But I'll, I, I say Houston keeps it close. They've looked better lately, but I still think that uh, a San Francisco team in playoff contention is not going to blow this game. I'll say San Francisco 24, Houston 21. I, however, can find a way to have Houston win this game, and that's precisely what I'm doing. Uh, I have them winning 27-21. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It'll be a close game. Davis Mills is remarkably poised. He's done very well. The San Francisco defense has not been as strong as it should be on paper. Also, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo something, Trey Lance, not sure what's going on there. A couple of question marks at running back. I think that Debo Samuel is the highlight of San Francisco, but Davis Mills is going to find a way. Brandon Cooks is going to be back. That defense is pretty good. You blitz a lot, especially if Trey Lance is in. I think something can happen here. Well, you just spent the time before telling us, or the the, the picks telling us that he didn't have, Davis Mills didn't have anyone other than Brandon Cooks to throw to. He's got Brandon Maybe. Cooks. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not worried well, about anything else. Brandon Cooks forever. <laughs> they'll use Pharaoh Brown as a decoy, I guess. Yeah, um, that's exactly like how weeks. this is going to go. <laughs> All right. I've got a wide receiver in COVID. What are they going to do anyway? It's got to be Brandon Cook. They'll be checking in three <laughs> offensive linemen as eligible receivers yes. on every play. Oh, see, that, that's a game I would watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fans might not, but... Uh, the... I'll be there. Don't worry, NFL. I got this. Yeah. If you can promise that, you know, Jana will... Pay that and airfare up. up to San Francisco. Yes. Sign me up. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, Denver at the Chargers. Uh, both of these teams looked pretty bad last week. One of them's got to win this game, and I'm going with my rule about uh, when in doubt, take the home team. And especially Drew Locke as your quarterback, I don't think you can really make a plausible case for Denver winning this um, unless you're going to argue that their defense is going to snuff out the Chargers offense or maybe score a time or two. But anyway, all that said, I'm going to pick the Chargers to uh, win this one 
I I also picked the Chargers to win 24-17. I tried to figure out a way that Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton could make this work, but it's just not going to happen. Austin Eckler's back, and I think that's enough. Okay, next up, we've got your Cowboys hosting Arizona. I think we see mm-hmm. this game a little differently. I think Dallas will yeah. win their second uh, pretty easy game in a row. I just don't respect the Cardinals uh, without uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray just doesn't look like the same quarterback without him. Running back uh, situation, uh, it just I'll Chase Edmonds is fine, <laughs> but James Conner is um, – yeah, if he's not healthy and DeAndre Hopkins is nowhere to be found, I, I just, yeah, I just don't think this is going to go Arizona's way. I'll say Dallas uh, 34, Arizona 21. Yeah, I am a very pessimistic Cowboys fan. I still think something bad's brewing here. Not enough that I'm going to pick Arizona to win, though I did think about it. I'm going to take Dallas to win 27-23. Like I said, I'm not entirely sure they'll keep starters in the whole time. Yes, they should be playing for a bye, but like I just. I don't know. I think I'm still worried about this Arizona defense, and I think there's still going to be a factor here. So they'll keep it close, 27-23. Didn't they just sign Rashad uh, Breland this week, and then he tested positive for COVID? Yeah, things are going great. Yeah. <laughs> going really well. I think they but lost three cornerbacks last week. You only have to quarantine for like 20 minutes now when you have COVID, so he'll probably play anyway. Yeah, probably. Pretty soon they'll just they'll say as long as you're wearing a mask, it's okay to play even if you're positive. Yeah, fine. If you're yeah. playing in a color jersey this week, not the home whites, then you can you can play if it's COVID. But it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, Carolina at New Orleans, another game which might be borderline unwatchable depending on who starts at quarterback for New Orleans. Probably not going to be in book again. They'll probably. Yeah, I guess they struck out on signing um, you know, Drew, Brees Drew Brees and, and Philip Rivers, but yeah. uh, there's got to be somebody out there that they could uh, start with more confidence than Ian Book. But on the other hand, when you're you know, potentially shuttling back and forth between Sam Darnold and you know, Cam Newton, that's Cam not Newton. a good situation yeah. either. But uh, I'll pick New Orleans. Got COVID. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll pick New Orleans just because of Alvin Kamara. I'll say New Orleans 24, Carolina 21, and hopefully he doesn't get picked out, kicked out of the game if uh, someone tries to yeah. swipe his towel this week towel. and he goes ballistic. Oh. Yeah, that's an, that was not a good look. Um, I'm actually going to pick the Fighting Sam Darnolds to win this game, 24-21. New Orleans has some defensive injuries. They've got some COVID on defense, and that's really what's been keeping them in games. I think Sam Darnold's coming out. He's refreshed. There's no pressure on him because there's literally no expectations. I no think ghosts. he's going to steal a close one here. Yeah, no ghosts, not haunted. Although he's in New Orleans, so like there's definitely ghosts there. So he might yeah, want to watch he, out for that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, the New Orleans should kidnap the team bus on its way you know, to the stadium <laughs> and make them do the, the haunted mansion yeah. tour there. And, yeah, there you, you know, go. New Orleans go by Anne Rice's house and they'll – Pick up a couple of ghosts on the way to the game. Yeah. You know, that's not not the worst defensive strategy I've heard. Okay. (laughs) You can suggest that to New Orleans. I I don't mind not taking credit for that one. Uh, (laughs) We'll put it on blue. uh, Yeah, that could be. Uh, Speaking of blue, Blue's one of his favorite teams. Detroit is heading out to Seattle for a late game, and neither one of these teams is playing for anything other than the proverbial pride this week, but uh, I this to me is a coin toss game, but I'll go with Seattle just because 
Russell Wilson is their quarterback, and I trust him more than whoever Detroit's going to run out there at quarterback this week. So I'll say uh, the Russell Wilsons and Rashad Penny's uh, 24 and Detroit 21. I picked Seattle 27-25. I love the fighting Motor City Dan Campbells. Love everything about it. No idea who's going to play quarterback. Not entirely sure who's going to play receiver. Not entirely sure who's going to be uh, playing on defense or running back or really any position for the Lions. Kicker. So Seattle's at home. They have yeah, they have the twelfth man. I think that that home field advantage is what gets them the win. Uh, and they never get penalized that, for that either. No, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Gotten away with that for too long. All right, um, Sunday night game looks like a a potentially barn burner, and we've got uh, Green Bay hosting Minnesota, as you pointed out, just about every week. Minnesota tends to play up or down to the level of their opponents. This week they're definitely going to have to play up if they want to play to the level of their opponent. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we keep reading about his turf toe every week, and all he does is go out and throw for 350, 400 yards and keep himself uh, at the forefront of the MVP conversation. I think that pattern is going to repeat itself this week. I think he, Devontae Adams, have a big week, and that's just enough to overcome Minnesota and maintain the home field um, advantage. Um, I'll say Green Bay 31, Minnesota 27. I've got Green Bay winning 33-28, so a one-score game because that's all Minnesota does. Like you said, they're going to play up to the caliber of of the Packers, who are healthier despite Aaron Rodgers getting his toe stepped on and wah, wah, wah. I just I could not care less about a body part on anyone in the history of time than Aaron Rodgers' stupid pinky toe. But they're playing at Lambeau. They are the better team. They're a little healthier, and Kirk Cousins will find a way to lose this game more so than Aaron Rodgers will win it. That I am sure of. The post-game uh, handshake or should be interesting between those two. Maybe they'll, oh, yeah. and I'm guessing they're not going to keep six feet apart. No, I'm sure there's some kind of unvaccinated bro fist bump yeah. handshake situation. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're both unvaccinated, then you're good. I think it's only if you're unvaccinated yeah, like and hugging Andrews somebody last that's week who, who interviews him from six feet apart and then hugs and Aaron Rodgers hug. after the interview. Like, what, what yeah. are we doing? Come on, guys. Yeah, not not the not the swiftest move. Um, no. And then finally, <laughs> Cleveland at Pittsburgh for the Monday night game. Again, this game potentially unwatchable. Not, not two quarterbacks, a great one to end on. Two quarterbacks uh, <laughs> who have not been playing very well lately. But uh, again, I think uh, Najee Harris and the um, Steelers uh, have just a little bit of the advantage at home here. I'll pick the Najee Harris is twenty-seven. Um, you know, over the uh, Nick Chubb's 24. I'm taking Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield and the gang, uh, Miles Miles Garrett, not Miles Gaskin, Miles Garrett, whoever the hell else wants to play. I'm picking them to win 24-17. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't respect the Steelers' offense. The defense is fine, but they are dealing with some injuries. And Cleveland's getting healthier. They might be a hot mess, but they are more together than the Steelers are, so they're going to win 24-17. That's it. There he is. Um, before we let you guys go, a couple of daily fantasy picks since some of your leagues are done or maybe you got bounced out because you, you had to maybe think about starting Jaguars wide receivers in a four wide receiver league. But anyway, um, daily fantasy, we've still got life. It's a whole new world. Uh, some value picks for you. You know who to start. These guys are going to give you the money available to start the big name and you can steal some, some value. Way high ROI here. At quarterback, Joe Burrow, 
high-scoring game. Jalen Hurts, who's going to have to be the entire offense, to Tonga Bailoa out Miami. Um, even if I think their defense is going to have a good day, the price you're going to get him at and the production, it's worth it. And Trey Lance, even if you really are taking a flyer out in San Francisco, could be an interesting option. A running back, Ronald Jones, II. A no-brainer with that matchup. Damian Harris, even with the bad hamstrings, he still seems to be their guy. Chase Edmonds is healthier out of the two in Arizona. Devin Singletary, who we talked about a lot earlier. Wide receiver Jalen Waddle, the last man standing. I like watching him waddle in the end zone, so it's good for me on all levels. Devontae Smith out in Philadelphia. Dawson Knox at tight end and Gerald Everett in Seattle. Defensively, the Saints and the Texans are both good values if you're looking for stacks. The Eagles, Dolphins, the Cowboys, and the Rams, all are pretty good options there. Um, so we have given you guys everything in this hour plus to win your championship game, your semifinal matchup, your daily fantasy pick, whatever it is, we got you covered. And if you have any questions, you can find us all week long all over social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. You can email us. We're everywhere ready to help you. And then we'll be back for all of you crazy people who are potentially still playing games Next week, uh, we'll be with you on Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing us.